Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Castor. Here, as always, my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how are you doing? I didn't know you were married. Yes, yes, I am happily married. I have many, many wives. Uh, or, as, as the guy would say in the side talk video, and I quote, I have many, many wives. Check out my Instagram. <laughs> Uh, I love truly, truly, truly fantastic stuff. Yes, yes, I have, uh, I have many wives as we, uh, as we discussed, um, off air, off mic. Um, Adam just found out that uh, one of my wives is Jennifer Aniston, as I am currently watching the morning show, and it is terrific stuff. Go and yet you hate out. friends. I, I, I truly, I, I loathe friends. I loathe friends, but friends is like. You know, you have your laugh track and all your shit. The morning show is a drama, and I, I, I'm just a hoe for my dramas. Can you say hoe? Can I? Can I? Yeah. I, can you say hoe? I mean, this we have an e next to our, next to our thing. I feel like we've said worse. We probably have. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I'm a I, well. I'm calling myself a hoe. So that's okay. I'm, it's it's directed at me. You're yeah, a I'm, I'm, I'm for drama. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a real hoe for for a nice drama. And the morning show is 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 quite quite good, and Jennifer Aniston is, is one of my uh, one of my wives. But as we were discussing, and I'm sure as, um, as some of you will will know that are listening, you know, normal do, people actually call that a, ce- a celebrity crush, not your wife. Oh no, she's my wife. Yeah, she's 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 my wife. She's my wife. I would marry her tomorrow. Um, well, we've already been married. So the 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 premise discussion what we're getting at, and as, as some of you do know that that listen to this and, and do know me on a on a very very personal level uh, i do have the ultimate wife the person that i have loved since i was i think the first time that i was told that i had a crush on her was when i was three years old adam i don't know if i told you this so if if you don't know i won't hold it against you but if you do know i'll be very impressed you've probably told me but i it completely slipped my mind like most things you know like, like most things wow like most things after after a couple of years you know you gotta make space in your hard drive for for new stuff fair 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 point so my my you're I'm, I'm gonna say it i think i think you're gonna be like oh yeah the typical typical adam um my original wife my my first wife my lifelong crush the person that turned me from a boy to a man Go ahead. Carrie Underwood? Not Carrie. Very close, though. Very close, <laughs> though. Not Carrie Underwood. Same same ballpark, different hair color. Well, honestly, that's the only string in my country music singer bow that I got. So. Oh, you're going to know who this is. You're going to know who it is. Mm. One, the only, Miss Shania Twain. At risk of just proving that you have the gift of prophecy. Oh, yeah. I remember you telling me how much you like Shania Twain. No, uh, no, 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 no. How much no, you no, love no. Shania no, Twain. There we go. There we go. How much I love Shania Twain. That is, she is the end all. End all be all. No offense to any other women that may be listening to this. I'm sure you are all beautiful, beautiful people. There is nobody on this planet besides my besides my mother, but that is a completely different avenue, completely different. That's a completely different side of the. I'd arena. rather not go there. Yeah, different side of the arena. There is nobody on this planet that can make me feel that sort of way 
like Shania does. She wants to come home to me tomorrow. I shut shit down. Shut not shit since, down. We get busy. Not since middle school have I seen a celebrity crush so intense. Well, who, what's the what's the other what's the other crush you are alluding to? Let's see. Let's see here. No, I mean like you know. Oh, oh, like a middle school crush. Oh no, no, no. This is this is no. Like, like, this well, is... I mean, people our age, like in middle school, they had like pretty intense celebrity crushes. Oh yeah, like uh, let's see. We had the. I remember it's like a lot of people had the Ashley Tisdale. That was a big one. Uh, Vanessa like Hudgens. Natalie Portman, yeah, that's a sleeper. That's a sleeper that a lot of people had, but that was because of Revenge of the Sith. Again, shows you the effect that Revenge of the Sith just has on people. Well, I mean, she was great in all the Star Wars movies. Yes, yes, she, she was, but specifically in Revenge of the Sith, the, the best Star Wars movie, and I will not be told otherwise. The the the, the best Star Wars movie. Um, let's just see who who. Oh, Selena Gomez, that was another big one. That wasn't like was that middle school. No, I think we were in high school. That was probably high school. Yeah, that was probably high school. late okay. middle school or high school. Okay, so that, that probably was a little bit too early then for for Selena Gomez. Um, th- there are people that are right now that are listening to this that are just screaming through their phones being like, oh, God, you didn't say this one. I don't know. Brit- does Britney Spears count? I think Britney Spears counts. Yeah, I think Brit- Jamie Lynn from Zoe 101. Yeah. That's a great uh, shout. That was a weird day. That whole controversy scandal with her getting pregnant at 16. Holy shit. That was something. Victoria Justice, if we're going down the Zoe 101 Avenue, yep. Victoria Justice was another one that a lot Ariana of people, Grande, obviously. Y- yes, Ariana Grande. That's another very, very good shout. Um, now, now I'm just going to like the, the, the Disney, like all the shows sort of deal. I'm just trying to think. Is anybody that really jumps off the page? I know people like back in the day, people, a lot of people thought that Demi Lovato was pretty cute. Back in the day, yeah. Yeah. Back in the day, you're, you're talking to one of them. You're talking to one of them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was a big, big Lovato stan. Um, I think this is more high school, though, too. Like, I, I, I guess it's depending on what, like the time period, but I guess some people were, were very hot and heavy over, uh, over. T Sizzle, T Swift. She, yeah, I could see that. Now, I mean, now T Swizzle, she's just a homie. That's that's really it. I I love my girl T Swizzle. Not like not like I love Shania. Let's let's not let's not let's not get that confused. Not get that confused. Different kind of love. Different kind of love. Actually, we're forgetting one big name that like she at least like in my middle school summer camp experience. She was like shorthand for hot celebrity, Megan Fox. Oh my God. That's the winner. That's the ultimate winner. Adam. You nailed it. You nailed it. That, that, that is, that's that, that's the creme de la creme. That, that's, that's the, the, that's the cherry on top of the fucking cake. The, the cherry is also part of the cake. Yeah. Megan Fox is the one. Yeah. Well, if you had to take like a, a survey, a poll, and made a pie chart about different celebrity crushes and our generation, I think a good portion will rank Megan Fox as their celebrity crush. A hundred percent. Especially if you're if you're uh, polling 
uh, young men that were in the age ranges of 12 to 14 years old in the year of our Lord, 2008 to the year of our Lord, 2010. Then, yeah, I, I, I would say that's, that's like as close to an automatic lock as, as, as you would get Adam at that, that that's uh, that's a fantastic call, and I can't believe I forgot about Megan Fox. That that's wow, because yeah, I literally just talked about Megan Fox with somebody last night. What context? We were I talking mean, about Transformers. We were actually talking about oh, Transformers. Okay, okay. And how shit Transformers just how just became after we lost uh, Megan Fox and Shia LaBeouf. Well, it was just terrible. I mean, there's like whole. I'm not even going to get into it, but yeah. The first, the first two Transformers that they remade with Megan Fox and Shia were were good, were good. I'm not gonna say great. I'm not gonna say great. They were good. They were they were watchable. But then they, but then when Megan left and they brought in Mark Wahlberg, just uh, no, 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 thank you. I'm kind of torn on those because I I saw the first two Transformers movies. I was like, well, when did those come out? Like 2008 or something? Something like that. Yeah. So uh, that I sounds would, about right. So I was like 12 when those movies came out yeah. or at least 11 turning 12. Yeah. It sounds about so right. So I was like my, I was just watching them like, Oh, I play with Transformers. Like I was not that far removed from still playing with Transformers. Cause yeah. that was a big part of my childhood. I love Transformers. And, and there were, there were many things that were a staple of my childhood. Transformers was one of them. We had Legos. That was another big one. Yep. And I'm gonna, I'm really gonna take it back right now. You ready? And if you did not play with these when you when you were a child, Adam, I, I I might end the session. Hot Wheels. I did play with Hot Wheels. Every kid played with Hot Wheels. A- a- every single one. I had I had literally a Hot Wheels box full of Hot Wheels. I didn't have like a ton of Hot Wheels, but yeah, I played I played Hot Wheels, Legos. Um, you know, a lot of it was like video games, also Transformers. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, GameCube was that was the shit. I still have my GameCube downstairs. It's I have it too. I have mine. Now, now, if you had to pick, if you had to pick, well, I I know what your answer is, but we'll talk about it anyway. If you had to pick your GameCube game, what would it be? It's my favorite game of all time, The Legend Zelda. of Zelda. Yeah, The Legend of Zelda: The Wind Waker. Come on, Adam, I know you. Yeah. Now, can you can you tell me what mine is? If we're, if we're on the same the same wavelength here, can you tell me if I pick a GameCube game, what would it be? If That's you get good. this, I'd be very impressed. Because I don't think you've ever told me. No, really. I haven't. I haven't. Zelda, I knew for you. Yeah. Um. Hmm. I'm gonna I'll give get... you a hint. I'll, I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a okay. hint. Okay. Because there are a lot of games that came. It's up not outside the box. It's very very much inside the box. What you would expect. Oh, it's Madden 04. No, it's not. Really? Nope. Okay. Fun fact. Fun fact. I did not get into Madden until Madden 09. Rest in peace, by the way. Yeah. Rest in peace to the man, John John Madden. Absolute guy. Um, yeah, I did not really? get into not Madden. Really? Not since 09. 09 was my first crazy. Madden. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I was played thinking Madden, o- Madden 04 because of how much you like Michael Vick. Yeah. And, you know, how broken he was in that game. It's very broken, and it's fun. And I actually got a copy of Madden 04 after I started playing Madden 09. So I probably the first time I played Madden 04 was probably when I was 14, 15 years old. 
Yeah. And I that's when I discovered the powers of Mike Vick on Madden 04. And oh my life. Next level, next level. But no, before we before we get into uh, into the start sit and the, the all the everything in between, because this is a big week. This is a big, very very big week. So what's your game? You didn't tell me. I, oh, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to okay. tell you. Right? You ready for this? You're, you're, you're the, the the basic bitch is going to is going to come out right now. But then but then again, there are two things that I am, and that is basic, and I am a bitch. So you put both those things together, basic bitch. You're talking to the fucking king right here. Ready for this, Adam? Yeah. Do you want a second guess? I'll give you a second guess. Okay. It's not outside the box, and you didn't start playing Madden for a while. Is it MVP baseball of five? Ooh, that is such a good guess, and I do love MVP baseball 2005. John Dowd is the GOAT. I will not take any other answer. John Dowd is amazing, and that's a great, great shout. I'll give you half credit for that. It's a very good shout. Okay. My game, my game. You're gonna hate. You're gonna hate yourself when I tell you this. Mario Kart Double Dash. Oh, that's my favorite Mario Kart. I cannot believe that I didn't Double, guess that. Double Dash is sick. Now, Double. before before we get in, I want no analysis. I just want to, I just want to answer this question because now we've opened this can of worms for our listeners. Notice how I, notice how I said our listeners. Adam. I just want to point that out there. I appreciate that. Yeah, is that welcome. gonna be a New Year's resolution for you? No, actually, actually, at the end of the show, I'll tell you what news resolution is. Don't, don't let me forget. Okay. Actually, you know what? I'm going to write that down. Uh, wow. And New Year's end. Okay, perfect. So, in Mario Kart Double Dash, before we get, before we get into to, to, to the content, what everybody's here for, who are your characters, sir? Uh, I mean, I'm pretty boring. I kind of go with just Mario and Luigi. Ugh, terrible. Terrible. Their special items suck. The red and green ball of fire? No, it's just, it's a no. I love the fireball. Fireball. There you go. Thank you. You, you, you connect to the dots for me. No, 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 no. No, you're getting it wrong. You get it wrong. See, you have to go for it. You have to go for Petey Piranha and you have to go for King Boo because they get all the specials. So when they they're the two unlockables. So when you when you finish all the circuits, you unlock Petey Piranha and King Boo. They get all the special items. So you know how Yoshi and Birdo have their have their green and pink eggs. Uh, Daisy and Peach have the heart that have the heart shield. Petey Piranha and King Boo get all of those. Interesting. So they are broken. Yeah, they are. Absolutely broken. The problem is, is that the, the cart choice that they have is, is pretty terrible because they're all like trucks and they have no acceleration whatsoever. They fly, but you get hit by something. It takes you about three seconds to get started up again. Uh, yes. The old max speed, but no acceleration. Bingo. Yep. Bingo. See, Adam, we're, we're rekindling ourselves here. I mean, we're, we're definitely dating ourselves. No doubt. God, that was... I played Double Dash like 20 years ago. That's crazy. You know you're old when you could say you did something 20 years ago. I don't remember much of what I did 20 years ago because I was five. But Well, I'm just connecting the dots. I'm connecting the dots. And when I was five, I was probably playing Mario Kart of some sort. And it probably was Double Dash. Probably at least 15 years ago. If it wasn't, if it wasn't, Mario, if it wasn't Mario Kart 64 on the N64. I never had one of those, actually. 
That's my first. My, everyone has their first gaming console. My first gaming console was an N64. Yeah, I had my first was the GameCube. We went from the N64 to the GameCube. Then we went to the PS4 was the PS3. Oh, PS3. no, we went we went we went to the PSP. OK, the PSP was first, well, then, the PS, then the PS3, then then the Xbox 360, then the Xbox One. Interesting. Yeah, we're Xbox bitches here. Sorry. Well, yeah, me too. Um, but I, oh, I know. Met. Oh, I know. We see we see each other online all the time. Yeah. I mean, so I had a Game Boy Advance to start. Oh, my God. I've got the Game Boys and the DSs. Oh, my God. Then I had the GameCube. Then I won my Super Bowl pot when I was like eight and used that money to buy a DS. Or not even, man. I wasn't eight. It was Super Bowl. It was a Super Bowl with the Seahawks and the Steelers. So I was definitely not eight. I was like 10. I was going to say you were 10. You were 10. That was was 2006. 2006 Super Bowl. So I was 10 or nine turning 10. So I spent that, I won the fourth quarter of that game, of that game. It was ridiculous. Well, you know, obviously it wasn't my money. I was nine, but I used that money to buy a DS. And then I had like a DS light. Uh, we got the Wii, um, 360. I'm all over the map. I forgot. I forgot about the Wii. Yeah. We had the Wii 360 Xbox one. I have a switch now. I had a 3DS. I still have a 3DS. And I have a PC. I'm getting, I'm waiting for my monitor speaker to come. It has not arrived yet, but I have all, I have the space cleared out of my desk. All I got to do is when I get it, hook up the monitor, plug it in the outlet, turn it on. I have my HDMI switcher and we're golden. So did you get a pre-built PC? Yes. Cool. Rebuilt, and I have to, I just gotta hook it up to the monitor, hook the monitor up to the wall, and boom, and we're Jeff Kiss. Golden. Okay, so let's get into these quarterbacks to start. This is our last preview show of the season. I'm so sad. And we spent a half hour talking about our childhood. And yeah, and, then, and, and the next time you hear from us, we'll be doing a show in 40 minutes when we could have spent 30 minutes talking about our childhood for that episode. Yep, that's exactly right. But as far as your starts for the week, I mean, listen, let's be uh, let's be frank here. Sure, Tom frank. Brady, stupid fucking. Anyway, Tom Brady, whatever. Uh, Josh Allen going to Atlanta. My QB1. Jalen Hurts. Going to Washington. I know I said that I was like kind of uh, cautious about Jalen Hurts. You could say I, that again. Yeah. But I've kind of turned around. I've kind of turned my thinking around. Jalen Hurts is a, is a good start. And he's going up against Washington for God's sakes. If this was any other team, I'd be like, eh, who knows what will happen. But it's Jalen Hurts and it's Washington. It's Washington. I think it's, it's Washington. That's that's the factor. It's Washington. Yeah, the last time I played Washington, he had two rushing touchdowns in that game. So, I mean, I, I pointed out in, in, in the column this week that I'm currently writing, and because there's no Thursday night tonight, I'm able to uh, to take my time with the column this week, which is mm, mwah, beautiful. But <clears throat> I pointed out in, in the column this week that 
there's there's three sides to Jalen Hurts. It's the good side when he gets his legs involved. It's the bad side where he doesn't get his legs involved. And it's the ugly side where he doesn't get his legs involved and throws a ton of picks. The good side of Jalen Hurts, where he gets his legs involved and he scores a shit ton of points, happened against this exact Washington football team where he had two rushing touchdowns the last time they played, which I believe, if I can recall off the top of my head, was in week 13. Week 15. Week 15. I knew it was only two weeks ago. Yes, it was only two weeks ago. Yeah. And Washington, now with the updated, now with the update from last week's games, they're averaging 22.4 points allowed to quarterbacks. That's bad. That's That's very, very, very bad. bad. Yeah. You're starting Jalen Hurts with, with a supreme, supreme amount of confidence this week. And the NFL average is a flat 16. Also, it went down 0.3 points. Yes, that's right. Wow. The NFL is better against quarterbacks this week. Good job, defense. Way to go. But, yeah, the football team is still terrible against quarterbacks. Oh, they're brutal. They're they're brutal. They can see the most points of the position. Um, I think one thing that's really of concern and one thing that you're probably going to get questions about in the mailbag, if – there is any question about whether or not he's going to play and is working towards he's working from being out to playing potentially, probably not though. It's Lamar Jackson. I mean, he didn't practice on Thursday. He didn't practice on Wednesday. I don't think Lamar Jackson is going to be playing this week. It's going to be a close call. Friday is the, is the ultimate test to see what uh, his status looks like. On the injury report, I'm not sure, and maybe Adam, you can check this for me. I'm not 100% certain if uh, Tyler Huntley has been activated from the COVID list as of yet. I don't think he has. Uh, they, yeah, no, he was activated on Thursday. Oh, he was activated today? Today. Oh, okay. Okay, so I, what, what time was he activated? Uh, this news from Rotowire that got sent to ESPN is 11.29 a.m. 11.29 a.m. Where the fuck was I? I was probably working. I just didn't even see it. Okay. So then, yeah, yeah at least you know you have you have Huntley uh, ready ready to go if you don't have Lamar Jackson. And I would assume every, every Lamar Jackson manager probably now has Tyler Huntley at the ready, or at least they should. The modern-day handcuff. The modern-day handcuff, absolutely. Um Home versus the Rams. It's an okay matchup. It's not, it's not one where you're like, oh my God, I have to start Tyler Huntley. But at the same time, Tyler Huntley gives you everything, everything Jalen Hurts gives you. Only I think he does it a bit more consistently, as crazy as that is to say, given there's such a limited track record with Huntley, where you know we have a whole season sample size pretty much with, with Jalen Hurts. But uh, the big games that Tyler Huntley has had, he's just done a little bit of everything. And especially if, if the Ravens are going to be, if they're going to be down in this game, game, really? Yeah. There's the recipe here for a very, very big game from Huntley, especially if if the Rams are going to go in there and they're going to throw the ball to Cooper cup a hundred million times. Like I expect them to do given the Ravens absolutely porous, abhorrent, disgusting, disgraceful secondary. Yeah, this could be a big game for for Huntley in, in a situation where Baltimore has to be uh, coming back from uh, from behind here. Yeah, well, I think this is really 
whoever is going to be starting for Baltimore, it's going to put their arm to the test because for sure. they're not going to be like in the, in the second half if they're down by a few touchdowns or even a few scores in general, they're not going to want to run the ball as much with either Lamar Jackson or Tyler Huntley. I mean, we've seen this recipe before where either a guy or a guy's team is up big or down big. And they, like he's a they're a rushing quarterback. Like their team is either up big or down big, and then they completely ignore scrambling because the game is either is decided one way or another. Mm, well, I think that there's gonna be there'll be design runs that are called for Huntley if it is him. Obviously, there'll be design runs called for Lamar if it is him, but I just think both of them have the luxury where they see a play collapsing and they just are confident enough to get outside the pocket and use those legs. And that's where I think is very, it's very useful for someone like Huntley that he's able to recognize when, you know, shit goes awry and he's got to make a play with his legs. And that that's the, that's the solid floor that he, that he, that he brings to the table that obviously what he could do when he's close to the red zone, I mean, he can, he's a threat to take one in with his legs by himself. So that's, that's the upside with, with Huntley and and I mean I haven't I have my rankings under the assumption that it is going to be Lamar Jackson so I have not updated it where it's going to be Tyler Huntley but if it is Tyler Huntley Huntley would probably be a top 15 or so play for me for me this week versus the Rams maybe top 12 maybe yeah also of note I mean there aren't too many other players with um red letters next to their name that's more that's more the domain of the running backs and receivers. But, and there haven't been a lot of COVID absences this week either. Knock on wood. Yeah. Knock on wood, especially because we have no idea. It's only Thursday. As right. It's only Thursday. The, the, the world could be flipped upside down within the next 72 hours. So, but as, as of now, there have not been any, any noteworthy absences due to, due to COVID, which is, which is, which is great. Well, I mean, there was the one, noteworthy absence due to COVID. Oh, Carson Wentz, yeah. But who knows? Because now well, I'm the talking, CDC I'm is just for... like, fuck you. you. Who cares about quarantines? Mm-hmm. I mean, and now Carson Wentz might be able to play. It's like it's like the C- people in the CDC had were betting the money line on the Colts. Or they have Carson Wentz going in a fantasy championship or something. Probably, probably. Fauci, Fauci starting Carson Wentz this week. In I mean, not, not to uh, promote government conspiracies or anything, because I don't want to do that. Oh, but no, like, no. it just feels ridiculous that this is happening now. And sure, it's making players more available, but at what cost to everybody else? Well, like we said, Adam, Fauci has Carson Wentz in, uh, in a super flex lineup. Oh, not we. This is a rogue host. No, no, no. This is this is we. This is we. We are we are united on the same front for once. Mm, mm, mm. But no. But I mean, generally though, not a lot of people are, are starting Carson Wentz in, in fantasy championships unless you are in Superflex. Outside of that, there hasn't been a huge name that you know we're saying. Oh yeah, he's he he has COVID. He he may not play. The the bad news though is if with with the new with the new guidelines is if someone is going to get COVID, and I'm not saying, you know, you want any of your players to get COVID or we want anybody to get COVID, but if it's going to happen, you would want it to happen earlier in the week 
where, you know, they have a chance to, you know, the quarantine for the five days, then come back and, you know, you have a shot of that guy, you know, being able to play. Now, if someone tests positive for, for COVID, you know, today, tomorrow, Saturday, it, you know, there's no chance they play. So this is like we're all just waiting to get to Sunday where we're all just kind of hoping that whatever players that we have right now that are that are going to be available, you know, we're hoping they stay that way. Yeah, because they, they test positive now. They're done. Yep, that's exactly right. And, you know, speaking of that, I mean, it's good to see the players that were previously out due to COVID coming back like Jared Goff and. Taysom Hill, who has a pretty okay matchup against Carolina. Yeah, I think it's a great matchup for, for Taysom Hill. Top 12 player for me this week. And if anybody's, uh, if anybody's struggling with, uh, you know, quarterback starts or, or issues at the, at the position, I think Taysom Hill is a great, great fill-in, especially with how the Saints offense looked without him on, uh, on Monday night when it was just Ian Book. I mean, oh, my God. Poor Ian Book. Dude sucks. Dude sucked at Notre Dame. And, and, and that, that was just, Oh, that was brutal. That was brutal. Yeah. I, he was okay. at Notre Dame. I mean, he was overhyped like every Notre Dame quarterback, basically. I've never heard that one before. A Notre Dame quarterback be overhyped. No. Why don't you ask my good friend, Jimmy Clausen or Brady Quinn or Deshaun Kaiser. Hey, 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 we love Brady. We love Brady or Dane Christ. Wow, that's that's a that's a deep cut. Hey, hey, say Sable's finest, Jack Cullen, is the starting quarterback for for Notre Dame. We love Jack. Or what about Everett Golson? That's wow. That's a very good shout. Overhyped Notre Dame quarterback. Did you see? Um, you see, you see your uh, your ex New York Jet uh, Terrell Basham scored a touchdown on Sunday. I did. Love Terrell Basham. I love him too. I love him too. Him and him and Randy Gregory are boys. Yeah, Terrell Basham's great. He's a great guy. Great guy. Love him. Love him. Good. Cow- Cowboys go to the Super Bowl. Get your tickets. Uh, speaking of the Jets, are you going to start three-time and reigning Pepsi Rookie of the Week, Zach Wilson against Tampa Bay? No, not a chance. Even Superflex, there is no chance. Come on. No, there's no chance. There's no chance. I have Zach Wilson this week as my QB 27. Who's lower than Zach Wilson? Trevor Lawrence, Drew Locke, Mike Lennon, Cam Newton, Sam Donald. That's fair. Kind of. I'm debating putting Matt Ryan below Zach Wilson. Debating it. Against Buffalo. I really don't want to start Matt Ryan. Tampa Bay has given up like a fair amount of points to quarterbacks over the they season. Have. They have, but we also we also forget that Zach Wilson did what he did against Jacksonville. Jacksonville are hardly a, a competent franchise. Tom, Tom Brady, Adam. I, I truly, truly, truly fear for the safety of the New York Jets. On Sunday, this could be Tom Brady's last time playing the New York Jets. Oh, oh, I'm so sad. He is going 
to absolutely eviscerate you. No. Hey, all I know is the last time that I had a stack going up against the New York Jets in fantasy championship week was when I was when I was going up against a 15 and 0 team and I had Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. And look how that ended. Those, those beautiful, beautiful, beautiful boys. Bless them. Bless them. Tom Brady, Antonio Brown. Bless you too. Fuck them. Great people. Great people. What are the other rookie quarterbacks? Uh, Trey Lance has a okay matchup going up against Houston and Mac Jones going up against Jacksonville at home. Jones is a sneaky play, but I think it really depends on what your other options are. Like if, if you're, if you're struggling, if you have Lamar Jackson and, you, and you've been just playing the stream game and you need a, a fill in for, for Lamar, if he doesn't play. Yeah. Mac Jones isn't, isn't a terrible play. Um, I'm a little nervous about Lance just because I think we've seen Jones and we kind of know what he is. I just don't know if we know enough about Trey Lance where you could confidently say, yeah, I have to start him. Like, obviously, if, if you're in a very dire quarterback situation and Trey Lance is there, then, of course, you have to go make that move and you have to start Trey Lance. Because I think Trey Lance is going to give you a very solid rushing floor. I do. But if there are more proven options and more of a more consistent options out there, those are the options that I would go with over someone like Trey Lance. I'm not. I'm not super high on Lance, like the consensus is. I don't know. Last I checked, the consensus had him at 15, I believe. And I have Lance at QB 17. So I'm a little bit lower than, than the consensus is on, on Lance. And I'm sure, because I, I have not checked uh, the consensus rankings in a couple of days. I'm sure that the consensus rankings now are going to be much, much, much higher on Lance than, than I am. Well, people like Trey Lance and people like the matchup. I think that's really what it is. Yeah, but I think there's, there's a time and a place to uh, to go and target matchups. And, you know, in championship week, I don't know if that's the place. No, I understand. I'm just saying, like, as a as a rationale for the consensus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not about, you know, saying that. I'm not, I'm not um, being, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not being contrarian? I'm not being, yeah, right. I'm not being contrarian. I'm just saying, that, you know, there is... To the fantasy managers that are thinking about it, there is a time and a place for you to be cute and play the matchup in championship week is not the spot. Uh, any other quarterbacks here outside of the obvious that people could be looking at starting for championship week? Oh. Adam. Yes, Bird. We have a revenge game this week. We do. We do. Mr. Tannehill takes on the Dolphins this week. Oh, he does. I do like Tannehill a fair, a fair bit. A fair bit, especially with A.J. Brown now back in the picture. It's a good shout. The Ryan Tannehill revenge game. He's a borderline top 15 play for me. I would, I would rather start Tannehill over Lance. Okay. That's interesting. I'd rather start Tannehill over Jones as well. I don't know. I mean, I think this is like a get, this is a get right game for New England. 
Yeah, for Mac Jones. The ceiling is much better with Tannehill, though. Much better. And I I think I think Mike Vrabel allows Tannehill to kind of, in the in the words of uh, a Rhodes Scholar, take his dick out. I wonder who coined that term. Palmer. I must have turned over two pages at once when I was reading the Iliad. It was actually it was actually in the Odyssey. Oh well, excuse me. Yes, yes, you you, you must have missed that missed that uh, this that that novel. Yeah, where Odysseus went to the land of the giants and took his dick out, and then went and then went back home to see his wife, uh, surrounded by other suitors who, in turn, took their dicks out as well. Quite literally. Yeah. So let's just move on to running backs then. Since we're oh, you don't want to talk about the Odyssey anymore? Okay. No, I'm good. Okay. All right. I read it in seventh grade, and I'm and also in college, and I'm pretty good to not talk about it again for a while. Oh, it's such a it's such a great novel. It's fantastic. I do I do a book report about it in uh, in ninth grade. Interesting. So they yeah. wait till high school. Yeah, no, we read it in middle school. Yeah, ninth grade, I had, I had to do a, a book report on. It. Yeah, yeah, because I, I guess, I guess it was, uh, I guess a little taboo for uh, for someone who was married that thought their husband was dead to uh, try and move on with her life and uh, find someone else to. No, there was um, plenty of other weird shit that happened in that book. Oh, oh, it. I'm well aware. Not, I mean, that's just one of the. That's the, probably the only thing in that book that I could actually say on a podcast without uh, potentially being flagged <laughs> by the FBI. Yeah. Hey, FBI agent, listen to this podcast. How you doing? Thank you for being a uh, loyal subscriber. Remember, remember to subscribe and leave a five-star review while you're at it. That's right. Five-star reviewed by the FBI. No better endorsement than that. Agreed. So for running backs, I mean, Jonathan Taylor, Carson Wentz or no Carson Wentz, Jonathan Taylor is going to have a game and a half. I think he has more of a game when there's no Carson Wentz because, my God, he is just going to be fed, 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 fed. I mean, holy shit. I mean, I think if it's Sam Ellinger, he's going to try to impersonate Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry with Jonathan Taylor. He's going to get fed. Yeah, he's, he's going to get a ton of work. Over and... under 30 carries for Jonathan Taylor. Over. Over. I think, he, I think he, he comfortably hits that 30 mark because I just <clears throat> I, I, I just don't know if if Vegas is going to or if Indianapolis is going, going to allow Sam Ellinger to, to, to do what he needs to do. And then for Vegas, they just can't allow Jonathan Taylor to beat them. Like if I'm Vegas, you have nothing to play for at this point. You're, you're well, I shouldn't say that, you know, you're you're. you're Still on the hunt for for a wild card, but you know you're not necessarily going to be winning the AFC. But you want to make anybody other than Jonathan Taylor beat you, and the way you do it is you're stacking the box and you're, and you're making sure that Jonathan Taylor is doing his is doing his damnest against you. And you know I, I, that's the way that I would approach it is just very boomer bust in terms of just trying to stop Jonathan Taylor. But we all know Jonathan Taylor has at least one if not two big runs in him on most weeks and this just seems like the ideal opportunity 
for Jonathan Taylor to just really, you know, line people's bank accounts, quite frankly. Well, this is the week where we can see that. Yes. Yes. This is, this is the week. Um, also, you know, Austin Eckler coming back from the COVID list. That's mm. always good to see. Yep. You know, Dalvin Cook coming back from the COVID list as well. Sunday night for Dalvin Cook as well. So yep. you, you get those, you get those uh, second to last licks with Cook. Yeah. And uh, Najee Harris too, playing in potentially, it seems like Big Ben's last home game. Mm-hmm. And, and that is last licks. That is last licks for Najee. And it's also last licks for, uh, for, for Chubb. Chubb. Chubb's been excellent. Over the, over the last uh, over the last couple of weeks, and he seems to have hit fire for uh, fantasy fan, any fantasy managers that have uh, had faith in him, and they've kind of just you know stayed the course. Uh, Nick Chubb has definitely delivered. So uh, you know I'm, I'm I am half patting myself on the back, but for any managers that uh, stood by Nick Chubb, then uh, you know you're getting you're, you're getting the Nick Chubb that you drafted for at the at the right time of year if you are uh, if you're still alive and in this thing. You know, it's funny that you mentioned players that you've kind of stuck through or stuck with through and through all the ups and downs of the season. Mm-hmm. After the bye week, you know, it was actually had a quietly good season, like a quietly good second half to a season. Antonio Gibson of the Washington football team. Yeah, it's a bit bad. He's had, he's had, he's had, a few highs and a few lows. It's it, it just kind of nothing in between. And that, that's, that's the scary thing when evaluating Gibson is you just, you just don't know what Gibson you're going to get. Um, He's had 15 plus points in four out of his past seven games. Yeah. But then the, the down weeks have been down. Yes. Well, the 4.1 against Dallas the first time is not great. The 7.5 against Carolina is not great backbreaker and last week in semifinals not terrible to have a 13.8 but still not. okay it's not terrible it's yeah. not terrible then from from gibson but it's two weeks right there that definitely broke your back and then one where it was just kind of like yeah okay you know and then not- that first dallas game obviously is in the first round or is the week before playoffs right that's that's a that's a backbreaker in a lot of senses unless you're uh, you were comfortably in uh, with with uh, with Gibson, I mean Gibson Gibson's a top twenty play for me. You know I'm not I'm not super high on on Gibson, but I understand. You know most people took him in you know round late round two, maybe maybe you took him early to mid round three. So you know he's got the pedigree, and I don't know if you have many better options. Like in terms of guys, that maybe you just picked up. If you have Daryl Williams on your on your roster, I'd rather start Daryl Williams over. Antonio Gibson, I would rather start Javante Williams over Antonio Gibson. I would rather start Rashad Penny over Antonio Gibson as well. But I would start Gibson over Chase Edmonds. I would start Gibson over Devin Singletary, who I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute. And I would start Antonio. Uh, yeah, I would start Antonio Gibson over Saquon Barkley as well. Yeah, that's it. Well, that one, that last one's not really that controversial for me anyway, but. I for a lot of people, it's going to be, but, but Barkley, I, I, we've talked about this before. 
Barkley at this stage is just a name. I, I'm not sure if it's on him, but it most certainly is on the Giants because they. Oof. I mean, it's a little. I guess it's a little bit of both because Devontae Booker has looked okay. Yeah, Devontae Booker's looked okay. Devontae Booker has looked absolutely okay. But I mean, it, it's it's definitely slept on that. The, that the Giants could be in just as bad of a situation, if not worse of a situation than the Jets are. Because the Jets, at least there's like, the Jets, there's a plan. I'll, I'll give it to the Jets in that regard. Like, you know what they're trying to do. And it's just a matter of, do they pull it off? With the Giants, they're just holding on to past glories at this point. Yeah. I don't know if it was Jake that said this on Twitter or somebody else. Maybe was, I read this on Reddit, but somebody was saying that the Giants are basically like the Jets from a couple of years ago. Like it's a great comparison. Yeah, you know, they haven't realized that they have to tear everything down again and rebuild. Like yep. the current core isn't going to work. Correct. Correct. I think it's a great comparison. So yeah, uh, that, uh, it's yeah. spot on. And it's it's not what Giants fans are going to want to hear necessarily, but. You know, it, 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 it's the it's the truth given the situation of of the of the team. I mean, yeah. I take the giant situation because at least I have a couple of Super Bowls in my lifetime to reminisce about. Sure, but that's also part of the part of the problem. That's what's kind of hindering them at this point is that you have Giants fans that are saying, you know, well, we won a Super Bowl nine years ago. Okay. You know, that's, that's, that's nine years ago. Dallas won a Super Bowl 26 years ago. You know, it, we're, we're getting to that point with the Giants. Like, we're long past that point with the Cowboys, you know, and then and people are going to say, oh, well, you're just a, a Homer Cowboy fan. Okay, yeah, maybe maybe I am, but at least the Cowboys have some sort of promise. The Cowboys are going to be in contention for the next several years. I, I don't know when the Giants could be back in contention. Like the Jets, I could see, I could see the Jets being back in contention, and this is this is probably the nicest thing I'm going to say about the Jets. I I can realistically see if all works well with Zach Wilson and he turns out to be the guy, I could see the Jets being back in contention for a wild card within two years. I can definitely see it, depending on how they draft and how they do in free agency with the abundance of cast space that they have. With the Giants, I I I don't see it. And they've had, they, it's the worst year to have two first-round picks when you have an issue at quarterback because there's no quarterback we're taking. Yep. Like, people could say, oh, Kenny Pickett this, oh, Matt Corral that, oh, Malik Willis this. Are top 10 guys? None of them are for me. No, there's really – this is going to be like an, like an Eric Fisher kind of year where, like, a tackle or an edge rusher – like an Eric Fisher or a uh, Mario Williams kind of kind of year. The number one pick is already decided. It's going to be Aiden. Yeah. My 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 long lost enemy, Aiden Hutchinson, is going to, is going to be number one. Although, I mean, at least in Mario Williams's year, they had like Vince Young was still there, and people thought that Vince Young would would have gone first overall to Houston. Well, right. I, I just don't see a quarterback being taken in the, t- but, in the top yeah, this five, year, let alone this 10. Is, this year is probably more like 2013 
where there's no, where the quarterbacks just suck. Mm-hmm. I mean, 2013, lest we forget, was the was the EJ Manuel Geno Smith year. Ugh, is Ugh. right. Yeah, that draft no, this sucks. Is just, but we've been, we've been blessed over the recent years to have a really strong group of quarterbacks, you know, coming out at the same time. Whereas now we're in that bit, a little bit of a lull where it's like, yeah, there aren't too many hot shot, must have, bona fide number one pick quarterbacks. They just aren't. They just aren't. And we'll we'll get into more draft stuff as the offseason goes on. But um, I'll just leave it with this for all the Giants fans out there, so they can uh, they can you know get out of my mentions and anything like that. Um, from people that I've talked to just in and around, you know, the league and, 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 you know, the draft and everything like that. Some people have told me that the, the guy that they would not be surprised to see picked in the top 10, there is a guy out of those quarterbacks is in fact, Kenny Pickett, just because of the kind of competitor and the kind of, you know, really smart, football IQ that he that he possesses hail to pit hail to pit and apparently you know what they're saying is the second this guy gets you know in front of a table and he's talking to uh the executives for a NFL franchise that he's just going to absolutely kill it which could push him to into being uh, the number one quarterback selected which again I mean I I'll be the first one to say I have not seen a ton of Kenny Pickett, I've watched him here and there, and and I, I based on what I've seen, you know, I, I I'm somewhat impressed, but I just need to do a deep dive on that. And you know, we are uh, we're so close to being towards the end that after after fantasy is over, I can really you know start to dive into doing the draft stuff. But it's just like I want to get done with this week so bad. <laughs> yeah, so that's 2013 draft. By the way, the Jets picked uh, D. Milliner ugh, and oh, Sheldon. And uh, Sheldon Richardson. Okay. And the Cowboys in the first, that's the first round. And the Cowboys picked Travis Frederick. So lucky you guys. I remember Mike Mayock sitting on that draft stage saying that Travis Frederick should have been a third round pick. Yeah. Not, not a great one. We picked, well, honestly, what was not a great year for, um, I mean, we picked D Milliner over Desmond Trufant and Xavier Rhodes. Oh, yeah. Oh, dear. Who went later in that draft later in the round? Oh, dear. That, that, that's that's brutal. And uh, defensive tackle. I mean, Sheldon Richardson wasn't terrible, he was just kind of like a whatever. Sheldon Richardson. Got us Sam Darnold in a roundabout way. True. True. Which, I, I don't know how great that is, but what are you going to do? Exactly. Anyway, so uh, tangent over. DeAndre Swift is going to be back this week. Yes. yes. How great and, is that? Well, nice and to finally show up. I, I know. Nice to finally show up that dick. Um, yeah, what's what's his what's back this week? It's a good fucking um, week though. 
Seattle is the second worst team against run, uh, yeah, against running backs. They're allowing yeah. 29.8 points a game. Yes, sir. And if, yeah. if, if Swift is going to play, he'll be a, he'll be a top 15 play, especially in, uh, in full point PPR. Yep. Uh, also some injuries, uh, Aaron Jones, he's questionable, but I feel like he's been questionable for most yeah, of he's, the year. He's banged up. He's banged up, but he, he, he'll be good to go versus, uh, Versus Minnesota. I have Aaron Jones right now as my RB11. And that's with the knee issue. Um, Javante Williams, he's questionable, and so is Melvin Gordon. But that's kind of what we've been dealing with as well, like throughout a good portion of these past couple of weeks. Um, anybody else, really? I mean, one, no, one thing of note is the Eagles. Because Jordan Howard is questionable. Miles Sanders is already ruled out. But Jordan Howard with his stinger, he practiced in a limited capacity on Thursday. And yeah, yeah. I would I would be mindful of that Eagles situation just because I'm a little worried that it's gonna be a real split between Howard and, and, and Scott. And that to me is a is a tiny bit of a concern. But if Howard doesn't play, then I think it's more I think it's more are viable to play Boston Scott because oh, I feel like absolutely Nick Sirianni absolutely, just yes. hates Kenny Gainwell for some reason. Yep. I, I completely agree with you, Adam. If there's no Jordan Howard and no Miles Sanders, then absolutely Boston Scott would be a, a, a very solid flex play. Yep. Um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, and, for, really. and for any of those that are asking as well, because I have had some people ask uh, this week, uh, Devin Singletary for me is a top 24 play, and I would start him as a solid RB2 against uh, against Atlanta, where there should be a ton of points put up by Buffalo. Yeah, and yeah, Atlanta is pretty porous. and They're, they're uh, pretty yeah. porous, period, yes. Yeah, I think no, yeah. we were going to say they're pretty porous against running backs, and I was going to say no, they're just, they're they're porous. Period. No, that's just the sentence. It's they're just pretty porous. Yeah, yeah, they are. They are. They're underwhelming at best. And how how they haven't been mathematically eliminated from the playoffs is shocking. No, they're seven and eight. Wow, they're hovering. Ar- Arthur Smith should be coach of the year just based off of that. That the Falcons are in week seventeen and they have not been mathematically eliminated. They are in second place in the NFC South on tiebreakers. That's unbelievable to me. Yep. If the season ended today. Okay. Well, they're in ninth place overall, but yeah. Hey, I mean, they're, they're on the outside. They got to win. Imagine they beat Buffalo. Oh my God. Okay. If they beat Buffalo and then. Minnesota beats Green Bay and then San Francisco and Philadelphia both lose, then we could have a log jam for the sixth and seventh wildcard spots in the NFC. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then next week will be sit on the couch and, uh, and enjoy sort of territory. Yep. But uh, yeah, let's move on to receivers. Surely. Uh, we're getting a couple of receivers back, Cole Beasley and Gabriel Davis. 
to be more specific. Yes. Um, which is which is good news for uh, for any Bills receiver fantasy managers, anybody that's considering starting Gabriel Davis or uh, or Beasley. I would only start Beasley in, uh, in PPR. I'm a little nervous about Davis just because of Emmanuel Sanders being there, who played on 67% of the snaps last week versus New England. Yep. Good call on KJ Osborne, by the way, because it looks like Adam Thielen is going to be out for the season. Thank you. Thank and you very much. So KJ Osborne, definitely somebody that you could be looking at for like a flex spot or maybe even a third receiver. Uh, he's more of a, he's more of a flex level play for me. I have KJ Osborne as my uh, wide receiver 36, but definite flex. Yeah. Unfortunately though, Elijah, give me, give me more has not practiced at all this week. Yeah. It looks like that he is, uh, he's going to miss this week for, uh, for fantasy managers, which definitely, definitely sucks. But I know a lot of people were, uh, we're looking forward to potentially seeing uh, Elijah giving me more, my yeah, uh, my friend, my close colleague. But uh, yeah, it looks like he that he is going to unfortunately miss this week uh, for uh, for the Jets. Yeah, uh, Antonio Brown is also questionable heading into week sixteen or week seventeen. He didn't practice on Thursday with the ankle issue. And they, the Buccaneers haven't said anything as far as whether it's maintenance related or results of a setback. So definitely monitor Friday's practice for that. I and, would believe I would believe it's just a veteran absence. Yeah. So I, I I would imagine that there's no issue there. But definitely monitor Friday's injury report as as Adam as Adam correctly pointed out. Yeah, and Mike Evans looks like. He's been activated off the COVID list potentially. Uh, that's what I. Well, was he? Was he? He wasn't out with COVID. He had the hamstring injury. Well, he was. Was he also out with COVID? I think he was on the COVID list. Yeah, he was placed on the COVID list on Monday. Oh. Oh, okay. And he was activated already. Yeah, so this is from Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Okay. Evans ran routes and was on the receiving end of passes from practice squad QB Ryan Griffin at the Buccaneers facilities Thursday, indicating the team has activated him from the reserve COVID-19 list. The move isn't official, but Evans likely cleared protocols. But Okay, so hence, hence why I didn't see it, because he hasn't been officially activated yet. But it's a formality at this point. Yeah. Uh-huh. And okay, makes he sense. Still has to he still has to get through the hamstring injury as well. Yes. Yeah, that is that is also another uh, another fish to fry. I, I just don't think Evans is going to is going to play. I I really really think that they're just going to keep Evans bubble wrapped until they uh, they get to the playoffs whether there's a, whether they're a 3 or a 4 seed. I, I just think it, it makes no sense for them to to really just be thrusting someone like Mike Evans out there. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you already have the division locked up at this point. so Right, right. So why, why play him? It, it doesn't make any sense. Um, I'll tell you what. I think if you were waiting a long time 
if you're waiting a couple weeks to see if Amon Ross St. Brown could replicate his production, this is the week. I mean, this is the last week that you can actually start it, have an opportunity to start him. And I think you should do it against Seattle. I agree. The matchup is, is very, very good for St. Brown. It is. And I love the man. He's baby look quite smart. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Any other receivers or we can just move on to tight ends here. Uh, start every Dallas Cowboy that you have against uh, Arizona. That could be another uh, another air show for uh, for Dallas. Quite the so barn Cooper. So Cooper, CD, and then deeper leagues, Michael Gallup, I think is a, is a fine start. I have Gallup inside my top 30. Wow. I think it's, it's going to be an air show and they're going to have to, they're going to have to keep up with, uh, with Arizona. It's a, it's a, it, this is a, a huge game for Dallas, a huge game because they, they beat Arizona and any, anybody who is doubting Dallas is going to hide. Oh, oh, are you looking at me? No, no, you're 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 a huge Cowboy supporter. Mm, only I believe, in games against Tom Brady. I believe it was you that said, and I quote, "I would root for the Cowboys before I root for Tom Brady." I did say that. Thus making you, thus making you a massive Cowboy supporter. Sure, why not? Who would you root for, the Dallas Cowboys or Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers. Wow! Wow! Okay, I'm, I'm a little surprised that one. I got to say, if this is like, well, obviously it can't happen in the Super Bowl, but in the NFC Championship game, yeah, I'd probably root for Rodgers over the Cowboys. Disgusting, terrible. So then if we go to the Super Bowl and we beat Aaron Rodgers in the NFC Championship game, hide. Honestly, that's kind of, that might that might happen. That's that's a plausible reality. Because Aaron Rodgers, he's not great in NFC Championship games. You would need to call Jake and do podcasts with him because if the Cowboys make the Super Bowl, let alone win it, I might be hungover for a week. That's fine. I'll just hang out on the Jets Way podcast with Jake. Oh, Simone. yes, of course. Jets Way podcast. Yeah, of course. Right, 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 right. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh-huh. Does Jay, I don't even, I barely, I, I don't listen to that as much as I should. Does Jake do that with anybody or is that just him monologuing? Uh, no, he has a partner for that. Oh. Yes, it's, it's two of them. It's two of them. But in case, in case you haven't recognized uh, the, uh, the tweets that come out of the, uh, the Jetsway podcast uh, Twitter page, by the way, go follow Jetsway podcast at Jetsway podcast. Um, it may sound familiar to another, another uh, Twitter account that we both follow. Yeah. Well, listen, I, that's why I asked. I was like, listen, I know that that's Jake who runs the Twitter account because that's Jake. I can literally read tweet those tweets in Jake's voice. Oh, you and I both. <laughs> that's the scariest part is that we both could do it. <laughs> we both, we both are just reading through our fucking screens and we're saying, oh, that's Jake. We know, we know which one is the partner. And we know who's Jake just because we know Jake too well, but love Jake. Great guy. Yep. But uh, for tight ends, I mean, Darren Waller, just a real disappointing season, really disappointing way to end the season being put on IR. 
yeah, that, that really sucks for for any of his of his fantasy managers that were uh, that were hoping there was a chance that Darren Waller could uh, could be available for. And now he's for on this the COVID week. list, also. Oh, good. Oh, good. Well, it wasn't like you were counting on Darren Waller, so I can't I can't count that as like an as like an absence. No, but still, I mean, it, it, it's rough for him. No, it is. It is. It's it's very 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 rough, and hopefully. Uh, Hopefully next year will be a bit better, given there'll be hopefully more stability within uh, within the Raiders organization come next year. Yeah, um, I mean Mark Andrews is a start, obviously. Yes, Travis Kelsey, you're starting. Gronk, ugh, Gronk. I hope he stubs his toe on a coffee table. That's but a great guy. Love him. Whatever. Love him, I mean, great guy. He's still kind of still start. I mean, George Kittle going up against Houston. Uh, Dalton Schultz, future New York Jet. Dalton Schultz, and then his opposite number in that game, Zach Ertz too. I gotta say, and I, I mean, it's not it's not like to the point where I'm nervous about playing him or anything like that. I'm just nervous about what the ceiling is for George Kittle this week. I'm a little nervous just because of the whole the whole just Trey, Lance Trey Lance thing. Yeah. I yeah. can understand that. Yeah, I'm a little concerned. Not like that wholeheartedly to the point where I am considering, you know, benching, benching Kittle or anything like that. In but, a championship game, no less. I don't think that that's a bit drastic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you also spent a second, maybe third round pick on Kittle. So, you know, it's it's not like, you know, you're going to say in week 17, oh, yeah, I'm going to go bench George Kittle this week. So, yeah, no, that's not. That's the definition of being cute. Jake and I have had conversations this week about what is what is the meaning of being cute. Well, Jake, that is the definition of being cute, going and benching George Kittle, the guy who probably was one of the reasons why you're in a fantasy championship. Not you, Jake. I'm just saying in general. Right. I think we did a show similar to like what you're thinking, what you were mentioning. We did this for the required radio fantasy show where it's like beginner's guide to fantasy playoffs like advice to fantasy managers who are in the playoffs. And I remember lineup, that show too. We did lineup decisions. Yep. Things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember that show very, very well. And you can find it. One of the gold, one of the golden rules that we talked about was don't get cute. Yeah. I mentioned that my, my seventh grade English teacher had a thing. He had a, a fun acronym. Pick me. Yeah, Pick Mr. me, Birdsall. please. Please. What is it? Pick Kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. That's right. Kiss. It's it's a fantastic acronym. It is. I love it. It's one that I follow. I have to say, ever, ever since you told me it, I, I've kept that in the back of my head, and I have mentioned it many a times on this program and on other programs. Yep, that's exactly right. But, yeah, for George Kittle, I agree with you wholeheartedly. You know, you're not benching George Kittle. In the same way that you're not benching, like you wouldn't bench Travis Kelsey, or right, you wouldn't right. bench Mark Andrews, you wouldn't bench Ezekiel Elliott, you wouldn't bench, okay, or yeah, or you wouldn't bench like Patrick Mahomes. That's a great one. That's a great one. You wouldn't bench Patrick Mahomes. You're in the spot, correct? You wouldn't bench Justin Herbert. Like if we were in, if we were in a championship in the co-op. Mm-hmm. We would not be benching Justin Herbert for anything. Right. Right. 
Because like even when Justin Herbert was bad for like that portion of the season, he was that he was terrible. Like mm-hmm. we didn't bench him. Right. You have faith in your guys. That's what of got course. you here. Of course. You have faith in your guys. You play your guys, especially the ones that got you there and the ones that are hot. Don't rely on name value, most importantly. But if you're in a championship game this week, then you probably know that already. Correct. Correct. You 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 know the deal. You know the deal. You've listened to this podcast now for 17 weeks of the season. We've talked you through everything that there is to go through. And now here we are. We are now on the precipice of winning some fantasy championships. Actually, before we head off here and get into your New Year's resolutions. Yeah. I do have a question for you. Shoot. Even though the season's not over yet. Mm-hmm. I'm Is listening. Jonathan Taylor, the first overall pick in next year's draft. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I think so. Now, it, now it's very, I mean, a few weeks ago, I would have said no, but now it's, it's really hard to argue otherwise. All right. We have a new King. We have a new King. You, you feel the same way, Adam? Yes. Well, let me ask you this. Now, let me let me uh, give you give you this. Let me turn it on you now. If Jonathan Taylor's number one, who's number two? Oh gosh. See, not, that's the toughest pick in the draft. Really, is number two because number one you can pick Jonathan Taylor. You can go so many different ways in number two, which is which is kind of nuts. Because I mean, first of all, it depends on your scoring format. Because. I think if you're in PPR, I'd probably pick. Say half PPR. Say half half PPR. PPR? Yeah. Uh, Oh, that's so tough. I know who mine is. If that helps you. Well, there, there are like three guys, three or four guys that are kind of like bouncing around in my head. It's either, and like maybe one of them is a bit too high for this spot. So maybe not Austin Eckler, but I think it's either Dalvin Cook, McCaffrey, or Kamara in this spot. For me, it's Derek Henry. For me, it's Derek Henry. Yeah. I mean, that's another one, of course. That one Derek is, Derek is a safe be, one. Be the one for me. Who would it be for you? Derek out of the guys Henry. you mentioned, out of the guys I mentioned, it would yes. probably. I want to pick McCaffrey because of the upside, but also McCaffrey just doesn't get on the field. Never as, again. I just don't want to do it. I think I'd probably pick. Dalvin. Because at least it's safe. It's a very safe selection. At least if Dalvin Cook gets injured, if Dalvin Cook misses the mandatory, it seems, four games a season that he misses, at least Alexander Madison's good. And I like there isn't too much of a drop off in value from Dalvin Cook to Alexander Madison. Fair. We actually, we actually, as we're uh, you know transitioning towards the uh, the end of the program, we actually did get a question in the mailbag this week about what the top five is for for drafts next year. 
wow. Yeah, we got a question about that this week. But the the answer to that is. (laughs) And I've I've been thinking about it pretty much all day. I I still don't know the answer to it. It's a tough question. It really is. It's a very tough question because there are so many things that can can change what top five would be. Like if Devontae Adams is going to still be with Aaron Rodgers next year, you can make a case that Devontae Adams should be a top five pick. What about Cooper Cup? Is Cooper Cup in that equation? You know, there, there's a ton of different avenues that that the top five could be. Yeah, but like, I think it's going to be the same this year as it was last year, where people are going to be going running back, and they're going to be going running back early and often, because running back is going to be shallow and it's injury. It's an injury prone position. Well, that's a very fair assumption to make because running back is always the conservative approach it's always the the way that a lot of fantasy managers do decide to go is just sticking with what is most comfortable and that is going with the with the running backs and the position that is the most scarce than rounding at your team eventually with with running backs and or excuse me with receivers and then round five six seven and so on and so on and so on so you know it's again we talked about so many different guys being in the top five this year until drafts came, then everyone pretty much maintained what we knew was a possibility, but didn't really want to believe it because we wanted to say it was going to be something different than what it really was going to be, which is running backs all went in the top five. So if running backs are all top five next year, Adam, I would not be remotely surprised. But one more question that I have for you before we get into the new year's resolutions Um You'd pick one right now for next year in full PPR. We'll do actually no, we'll do half. We'll do half. Half PPR. You'd pick one right now. Cooper Cup or Devontae Adams next year. Who would it be? Say Adams has Rodgers. Okay. I would pick Cooper Cup. I would pick Adams. I mean, I understand the thought process because I feel like for Cooper Cup, people could definitely say, well, this is a season where, you know, it's never been done before. Probably won't have, like, this is a crazy playing out of his skin, you know, Leicester 2016 kind of season for Cooper Cup. Yeah, you're right. I got the reference. Look it up. Oh, I'm sure these people the are very educated. And if they don't get the reference, then shame on them. But I think that Cooper Cup is still a phenomenal, phenomenal receiver. He is. And no, he absolutely is. This is going to be a, a, another year, year two of this offense with him and Stafford. Mm-hmm. Are you wor- Are you worried though about him about that negative regression? Yes, with anybody that has a season like Cooper Cup did. You're always worried about negative regression. Hey, it happened. It happened two years ago with Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas broke every receiving record there was, mostly, and came back. and, and Michael Thomas was downright terrible. He was flat out bust. Yeah. Adam, before we get, to, I think my New Year's resolution. Swift transition. My New Year's resolution for 2022, the year of our Lord, 2022 is not to draft Michael Thomas or Christian McCaffrey. Otherwise, that will result in a square roundhouse kick to the nuts. 
that's a fair New Year's. That's a fair New Year's resolution. Thank you very much. I am. Uh, I am a fair, reasonable person when I want to be. But no, that is not. That is not my New Year's resolution. I want to hear. I mean, we're gonna be. We're gonna be those shitty people that talk about our New Year's resolutions. But Adam, you want to you want to give yours first? I have two actually. I have two New Year's resolutions that I am actually going to go ahead and and follow through with. I mean, it doesn't have to be fantasy related. No, it's really. not. They're not fantasy related. Mm-mm. No, they're not. Well, I think my New Year's resolution, one of them is definitely make more friends because, you know, living in a new place. Yeah. Make more friends. Yeah, that's great. Especially getting a girlfriend, like that sort of thing. I wish the best of luck there, Salter. That's more of a stretch goal. It's more of a stretch goal. But making more luck, friends. <laughs> making more friends, definitely. Stay single. <laughs> making more friends. It's great. Uh, is that's one a great one. I, I, that one I support. Yeah. You can always use more friends and it's nice having to, cause like when you have a bunch of friends that are in New York and you live in Utah, you're dealing with different time zones. And like, I feel like my body clock hasn't fully, hasn't gotten a chance to fully adjust to mountain time because, you know, I'm always talking, thinking about, Oh, what time is it in New York? Can I call, can I text you? Or can I text my parents or my friends right. in New York? So, yeah. Right. Where, where it's most comfortable for you. Yeah. That's, so, human. Yeah. That's, that's human nature, though. You, you, you always want to flock back to where it's most comfortable, where you're most comfortable. And that's, again, that's just who we are as, as people. But also, as human beings, we are also evolutionarily programmed to migrate to flock, to go to different places. And I think, I think with, with, with you, not to get all mushy and, and, and everything like that, but oh, I'm blushing. <laughs> oh, oh, goodness. Oh, oh my but, goodness. But it's also, I think, I think it's also a lot easier for what you're doing in the sense of it's much easier to come back after you've gone away than it is to stay where you are and leave. And I think I give, I give you all the credit in the world. Seriously, seriously, like no, no bullshit. I give you all the credit in the world for making the move that you did and doing all that. And Hey, and I, I, and again, I'll be very honest. Like the fact that we've been able to, to make the, the podcast still work and maintain a pretty decent schedule and you know, still, still do these for the wonderful, wonderful people. Uh, it's it's a it's a great thing, and and I I obviously I do commend and respect the uh, the move that you uh, that you made. It takes a lot of a lot of guts that I simply just do not have. Well, thank you, Bert. I Welcome. appreciate it. Welcome. I'm a genuine person. When I want to be. Yeah, I'm like I've never seen this side of you. You're usually a dick to me. So, <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm a nice guy when I want to be. I I know I know it's. It's in there somewhere beneath the layers of cholesterol and, and heartbreaks. Yeah, it's in there. Oh, yeah, it's in there. No, I, I do appreciate all seriousness. Yeah, I yes, appreciate sir. it. Thank you. Of course. So what is your New Year's resolution? So I have two. I have two. I believe, I think I said one to you already, which was to wear my seatbelt wherever I go. And I said, this... why the fuck don't you wear your seatbelt wherever you go? Well, I... I do wear my seatbelt most of the time, 
but if I'm going on like five minute car rides, let's say that I won't necessarily put it on, like I'll be lazy about it, but especially now with, with uh, how crazy just planet earth is uh, safety first, you know, I, I value, I value myself more than I value a lot of, a lot of things. So obviously, you know, the most, the best form of productivity is just being here is being here to see it. And obviously, you know, something happens to that five minute car drive and it all it took was to, you know, reach over my shoulder and just go click. Then I would, uh, I'd be the most pissed off spirit that there is. I, I think I'd be, I'd be the, I'd be the worst demon in the world if that's the way that I was going to go out. So, uh, that is, that's one. And then the other one is to just be more available, be more available to the people that mean the most to me, whether it is, uh, friends, whether it's family, whether it's, uh, you know, colleagues, things like that, just, just being more, um, more open to communication from, from those people and just knowing that and letting them know that, you know, I appreciate everything that they do for, for my life and, you know, making sure that they understand how important that they are to me. And making sure that, you know, I'm that person that they can, if anything in the world is, is, is fucking with them in any sort of respect that they, all they need to do is pick up the phone and, and, and call me. Um, and, and I think also, you know, finding those people that can do that for, for me, you know, if there's ever things that happen, just being a bit more open and honest about certain things and being able to pick up the phone, call somebody and, you know, talk shit out when, uh, when that, when that happens. So. Yeah, those are my uh, those are my two. Well, listen, I thought that your first one was kind of like, "What the fuck are you doing?" But the second one, I, I really appreciate that. You know, being a better friend to people and being yeah. more available. I think it's a pretty solid, really nice New Year's resolution. Yeah, I, I think I think at this time too that we're all kind of living in as if we're as we're all kind of going backwards on our. Uh, on our scale of, of things and, and uh, that are happening in the world currently uh, it's, it's very easy to, uh, to kind of, uh, I guess, be lost in the, in the shadow of life, especially right now with all the chaos that's going on and, you know, uh, people not necessarily going out and being hidden and, and, and things like that. But I think it's more, uh, you know, even in, in, in the, in the separation, I guess, you know, just making sure that the, the, the ones that, are there for you making sure that you are there for them and giving less of a fuck of, for the people that aren't there and being able to just be like, okay, you know what? You're not there. You're not, you're not in my life for a reason. Fuck off. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. So yeah, to, to those, to those people in my life that, that are, that fall in the latter category, they can go fuck themselves. Well said. And a few of them listen to this podcast, so they can go fuck themselves. Well said. Yes, I am alienating a section of our fan base. That is podcasting 101. Well, I guess, I mean, I don't know. I got nothing for that. Well, they know who they are. I guess so. I and guess for so. The peop- and for the, the, for the good people, they know who they are as well. Yes, well... Thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. See you guys next year. For my co-host at Birdsall, I'm Adam Castor. We'll talk to you next time.
Very best of luck to everyone in fantasy championships. Let's bring it home, baby. One more week. Let's get it. See you next year. Bye-bye.